there, and welcome to All Things Montessori, a podcast devoted to discussing aspects of the Montessori approach to child development. If you're a guide in the classroom, a parent of a Montessori child, or someone who is just trying to learn more about it, we cover it all. My name is Rachel Larson, and I'm a Montessori teacher and an administrator, and I'm joined by Jamie Rue, AMI trainer and Montessori consultant. This week's episode focuses all on the holiday season. The holidays are just around the corner, and just as all the teachers know it, the children also know it, and the parents know it. This time of year really brings about a lot of questions. And Jamie and I sit down and we talk through all of those questions about how to act in the classroom, what the children should be expected to be doing before winter break, how you can help them transition into winter break, It's really fun. I love this time of year, and so does Jamie. And we just loved sitting down and talking through this holiday season and how much fun it is. Enjoy. Okay, Jamie, the countdown is on for the holidays and winter break and all of those wonderful things. And I know that teachers during this month of December are sort of um, struggling at like, you know, what to do with the class when you know that you're coming up on, you know, some schools, it's almost a month of break. Um, so let's talk through how exactly, um, is a good way to handle that in the classroom. Um, and we can speak from our own experiences. Um, but let's first talk through, um, some tips on how to handle that before we go away for such a long time. So what would your number one piece of advice be? (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot. Wow. I mean, this is a time of year, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting longer. Um, And so, you know, there's a, there's this kind of hunkering down feeling that emerges, I think, in our, in our whole culture. And the children are feeling that too. And they, especially in the elementary environment, they know that a break is coming up. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. I think in primary you can, because their sense of time is not quite as strong, uh, they're not thinking ahead and counting down in the same way that the elementary children are. So the elementary children are counting down to the break. The teacher is counting down to break. The parents are counting down with a little bit of, panic about what to do for all that time. Um, So I think in the classroom, it's important to start looking at, say, you know, you've got a couple of weeks now, most people still until the break arrives, what sorts of things can be sort of uh, wrapped up in these next couple of weeks? Mm -hmm. As the guide, what what sort of chunks of things have you been presenting that you want to bring to a to a natural closure. Uh, it's a great time to start having the children search through their unfinished work folders and and start <laughs> finishing things um, mm-hmm. or or getting rid of things that are just not going to be finished. Let's let's call this done now. <laughs> or right. let's or let's recycle it because you've lost interest. It's not a priority anymore. You know, it's Mm -hmm. worthy. So I think that can be a good thing to do do in these next couple of weeks uh, before the, before the big break. 
Yeah, I think it's a good idea to sort of help them close it out themselves as well. Like you're talking about with the unfinished work, cleaning out their work cubbies or wherever you're storing work. Um, Because, you know, the end of the year, it's a new start for, you know, kind of the whole world, you know, because we have New Year's and everybody sort of starts a new chapter in that way too. So I think that's important for the kids to sort of wrap their heads around too. I think it's also a good life skill to go back and look at something. Oh, I haven't looked at this in a month. I forgot I even wrote this report on, um, who knows, (laughs) right? Um, I think those, (laughs) right, right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think that's a really, really, really good point. I think too, um, the Montessori curriculum is so fantastic where there are a lot of, there's a lot of good stopping points because a lot of her lessons have an arc, I think, you know, mm-hmm. or there's a series of three in a row that you can get a really good start on and then kind of close them off for a little bit, but then come back fresh and add a new element to it. Um, right. Uh, right. Yeah. And that's a great feeling in, you know, come January um, when, when you come back and, and, and there's kind of a fresh starting point. So I think mm-hmm. whatever can be sort of closed out and finished off or put put to rest is helpful uh, in the classroom. Now, that being said, don't, you know, try to cram something in if it's not going to fit. And yes. also, you know, that especially when you're down to the week before break, you don't want to present anything to the children that's, you know, requires a lot of practice or touching, you know, checking back in on because of course you're not going to see them for weeks. So, uh, that, that last week before you have to, you know, you have to be really aware of what you're going to bring to them. Uh, because I mean, it just, if you present a new concept, a brand new concept that requires practice, just if you do that, you're going to have to represent it when they come back after break, because they're not going to have had that time to practice. I've definitely made that mistake because I wanted the children to be, you know, go into the break with like having this new knowledge and feeling really excited about it. Um, And then I completely regretted it because I had to do it again in January, (laughs) which honestly didn't kill me. It didn't even affect the children. They didn't even, you know, notice. But I remember making a mental note being like, okay, maybe I won't do that next year. Maybe I will work on, you know, refinement or even introducing something new, but maybe it's a story you tell or something not as uh, work intensive Um, because it's good to keep their excitement up. They should miss school when they're away. You don't want the children to want to leave so badly. They never want to come back, obviously. Right. Right. Um, So you want to leave them with a good, happy feeling. Um, But yeah, don't do anything too big. I definitely made that mistake, (laughs) but you know. Yeah, you live and you learn. That's right. That's right. And then mm-hmm. also because they are thinking about this long period of time off, and you know, no matter whatever culture you're living in, the the there's plenty going on in our in our culture around us to reinforce upcoming holidays or other things. Uh, so sometimes there can be periods where it's harder for them to focus on regular classroom activity or regular work. And that's typical. We all, the adults feel it too, right? We're not, right, right. We're, we can get more easily distracted at work or other things like that. So I always, about the last 
four days before the break, I would start to offer some sort of just kind of fun, mindless activities in the classroom. Um, Making snowflakes or paper chains, um, winter themed uh, word searches or things like that, that I would not normally have in the classroom, but particularly in the afternoons for, you know, starting to have some some odd little fun things to do um, as well. And some children choose them and some children don't. But I did mm-hmm. I did incorporate that that week, the last week before the break. I found that too. And it was the only time that I ever really did anything like that. And I, I found that the children sort of looked forward to it because it was so mm-hmm. different than what we mm-hmm. do usually. Um, especially word searches are just, oh my goodness. Like, it's just like giving them a, a huge Christmas gift. They're just yeah, so like thrilled. Yeah, candy or something. Yeah, right? like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so fun. I'm like, okay, is it? <laughs> um, but yeah, decorating the room with winter themed things is just, it's so fun for the kids. It's special. Um, and it's, it's fun to talk through, um, you know, what winter means. This, I would read poetry about winter. Um, we'd sing winter songs, things like that. I think it's, um, the whole world is celebrating in some way during that time. And so I think it's nice to incorporate certain elements of that in the classroom. Right. Um, Now, of course, if you're in the Southern hemisphere, you're going to be celebrating summer solstice, right? (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Correct. So, and often that's the end of an entire school year. So this would be a different sort of approach, um, but also the same, like at the end of a school year, you're going to be closing things out and cleaning things up and helping the children be ready to move on to the ne- to the new school year in February. Um, so sa- similar sort of thing. But then, you know, you've got the longer days and the, and the beautiful weather, um, uh, which is a shift, but also can be incorporated into the classroom as well. And then I just would say at this time of year, uh, in terms of whatever's going on in the dominant culture where you live, in terms of what holiday is celebrated within the classroom, uh, there just needs to be a a strong emphasis on inclusivity of all cultures and Mm -hmm. sensitivity to all cultures. Uh, So I, I don't recommend that you make a big deal out of any particular holiday. But if the children are interested in the variety of holidays that are celebrated in winter in the Northern Hemisphere, um, you know, of course, they can do research. Sure. Uh, and, and of course, we can, we can explore these because it's fascinating. Um, but, but we as adults have to be pretty neutral about, uh, about the different sort of holidays. Uh, this is pretty hard. This is pretty mm-hmm. hard. I have to say, I mean, I, I think, you know, you're getting presents, you're getting gifts, you're getting, you know, parents might donate something Christmas based or, you know, it's, it's a challenge, I think, because you're trying to be, um, you don't want to ignore it because that seems, you know, a little false because it is going on, but it's, it's, it is a really, um, it's a careful topic because you want to be appreciative, but not make a big deal or, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? It can be a little hard. Yeah. And I think this is a good 
conversation for schools to have about what their school culture is going to be. And of course, Mm -hmm. it depends on where you're working and what your community, you know, how diverse your community is in some ways as well in terms of how how you navigate all of this. But I think for the most part, we have to be really, um, really respectful and aware of the ways that, you know, dominant culture can can marginalize those that don't celebrate what the dominant culture is so that within mm-hmm. the classroom, you know, we're not putting a focus on, on that, per, you know, particular holiday, but we are taking a look at, you know, seasonal celebration season as in the meteorological season or the solar season. And then also, right. um, and then also the, the, uh, the sort of interest in, and you know, research-based work we could do in looking. And there's opportunities then to go out to places to learn more about the different sorts of ways humans celebrate and mm-hmm. uh, or bring people in to share about that if there's interest in, you know, from the children. Otherwise, we can just focus on on the sort of what's going on with the seasons and how we can wrap down our time together as a community before we get some time off. So we've been talking about all the stuff that's going on in the classroom, but there's another element to this big long winter break, and it's that the children are at home. Um, So let's sort of get into what parents can do with their curious Montessori child during those (laughs) weeks of winter break. Um, What would you say to a parent who might have that question, Jamie? Well, I mean, first of all, I do just really encourage parents to, you know, let their kids get plenty of sleep. I think children in general don't get enough sleep in our culture right now. So if they can, uh, if they stay up a little later, but they sleep in a little later, that's great. Um, And I would start preparing some activities to have available um, to keep for them to choose just like they choose in a Montessori environment. Mm, Okay. So make sure your art shelf at home is well stocked with different kinds of paper and pencils and glitter if you're a person that allows that in your house. Um, <laughs> our house is, Are you a glitter person? I Jamie? don't mind oh, no. glitter, but but my husband has is not a fan, so it's rare that the girls um, have had glitter to I see. I mean, it, it, it truly everywhere. does get it. It gets everywhere, and then it just lingers for yes. You find months, it for months, truly. But yes. but you know, and paints and canvases and all sorts of things, so that they've got um, some art options. Uh, plan some things the children can cook or bake, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be you know, and build their independence in being able to do those activities. I mean, it's a great time to be sure that you've got, um, you know, building activities available, blocks and Legos and everything, you know, making sure that the children's home activity choices are, you know, well-stocked and ready for them to, to choose because, you know, they're accustomed to being at school all day and working pretty productively all day. And Mm -hmm. they're going to want to do something similar at home. And I really discourage a lot of time in front of screens, if right. at all possible. But instead, 
opportunities for them to be creative. And of course, kick them outside as much as you possibly can. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Would you recommend having um, like a sort of like we do in the classroom, like a shelf or a space for the children, like um, outside of their bedroom um, or mm-hmm. maybe inside. I, I don't really know. I guess it depends on your housing, um, how, how, how it's all laid out, but sort of like a, like what we do in the classroom, like, you know, they go to a shelf, they get the material, they take it out and they put it away. Would you kind of recommend a similar sort of thing at home? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I mean, we generally had a shelf from the time they were little there, every room of our home had a shelf that was dedicated for for the children so nice they you know just like whatever we had in the living room books or other magazines for us we had a little shelf for the girls where there were some toys and books and things like that Mm -hmm. Uh, kitchen same sort of thing so that there's there's uh, stuff that's available for them to choose in every room as they're in elementary some of that can start, you know, shifting into just being the same as what's available for adults. Sure. Because they're getting bigger and more capable. Right. But, right, um, right, right, right. But yeah, definitely as far as uh, arts and science kind of stuff, I, I always had something outside of their bedrooms because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, for a number of reasons, for really good sleep hygiene, you want to be sure that they know that, you know, the bedroom is a place to sleep and... Um, that if you are having children who struggle with sleep, they should only sleep in that room, you know, and they should do the rest of their activity outside of that room. But also, Mm -hmm. uh, it's fun to have them be a part of the day to day life of, of everything at home as well, that they feel comfortable doing some of that. I mean, there were higher cleanliness standards in the common areas of the home (laughs) than I had. In, yes. in their bedrooms or their playroom or whatever. Um, right, right. But yeah, so any things like that. The other thing to do if, if adults have time off is go to some museums or local cultural institutions of some sort or another and learn more with your children. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a it's an opportunity that a lot of parents don't have all the time. And if you do have some time off, I think that's such a gift to be able to do that. Yep. And go um, for hikes together. And mm-hmm. it's a great time of year here in the northern hemisphere to, you know, explore nature when we don't have all these leaves on the trees in the way and we see different things and everything looks different. And that can be that can be fun. And of course, there's ice skating rinks and in all sorts of neighborhoods now at this time of year, things like that, that you can do. So activities like that are great for the child uh, at this time of year as well. So fun. I have a quick question actually about cooking. Um, Cause I know there's so much cooking done in Montessori truly at all levels. And so you were talking about having a shelf for the children, um, you know, a space dedicated for them in each room. Speaking of cooking utensils, would it be the same in the kitchen or would it be all with all the, do you know what I'm trying? I'm trying to say like, would you make it separate than what you're using already for the kitchen materials? Would you have like a separate space for their cooking materials or would it all be in the same place? It generally, again, by the time they got to elementary, I think it's fine to have it in the same place as long as it's accessible. 
So our kitchen was really focused low, you know, kind of low. Everything was down low. (laughs) Right. Plates and glasses and everything was down where they didn't need to get a chair and climb up on a counter to get what Uh they needed. So Uh that's the only thing to consider when they were little and they needed more child-sized implements, those we did keep separate so they could find them easily. But once their hands started getting big enough to not need that, then Mm -hmm. they just use what's available as long as it's, as long as it's within reach. Absolutely. Yeah. I I just want to, you know, I think all about the biggest thing is accessibility Mm -hmm. because if it's accessible, then they're going to want to do it. I mean, it's sort of, that goes across the board. It's just, that's how humans are. Right. If something is difficult to do, no one's going to do it, you know? (laughs) So, oh yeah, that's so neat. Um, I think cooking is, well, for my, for my family, cooking has just been the centerpiece for so many things, but I have so many memories being in the kitchen over the holidays. It's so special. It's so Yeah. So really including children as much as possible in whatever Mm -hmm. your family traditions are, I think is really important as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But also recognizing when they're, when they're home all day long for a few weeks on this break, it's not our responsibility as adults to entertain them, right? But to help them find things themselves that are satisfying to do. Um, yeah. And of course, we can, you know, we can play games and we can do all of those other things, but we don't have to entertain them all day long every day. Yeah, because they're tired, they're exhausted, they're coming mm-hmm. down from school. That's the first break they've had mm-hmm. in a long time, and you know. Like like adults, when we go on vacation, you know, it takes a couple of days to come down from everything, but then you really just need sleep and you just need to just relax. <laughs> to be, yes, you know, and yes. read. I mean, have them read. You know, I can remember my girls in pajamas all day, just plowing through oh, books nice. because it was so nice to have that time. Mm-hmm. So, yep, That's all so of it. Great. It's a great time of year, great time of year to nestle in and recharge, but it is a tricky time of year these next couple of weeks for all of you teachers who are with children trying to keep them right. somewhat contained and, and focused before this break. So roll with that energy. Mm-hmm. Don't try to fight it. No, just lean into <laughs> it. It's okay. Also cook. I did a lot of cooking around this time as well near the end of the year. Yeah. We would usually yeah. cook a big lunch for the parents um, which took a yeah. lot of planning and it sort of just became a little project, which really helped. Um, and then it yep. was just fun for everybody involved, you know. Um, but yep. I found that cooking was sort of a godsend in the classroom around these times. Yeah, practical practical life's a great thing mm-hmm. to return to at this time too. Mm-hmm. And also teachers just remember this might be a time of year when the three-hour work cycle isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. Like you see it, the children are, and that's okay. Like take them outside and play a game or read a story or, you know, whatever you need to do. Don't, don't get irritated with them that they can't sustain a work cycle that they used to be able to sustain. This is just the life of the classroom. So accept it and, and, uh, you know, do what you need to get through it, but no, no need to be frustrated and no need to try to sustain something that's harder to do. I mean, you might do a whole group uh, lesson or activity at times um, just because they're thinking about winter break and they need. Right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I remember sometimes also I would just 
our, we would do read aloud every day, but sometimes read aloud just went a little bit longer yeah. and that's fine yes. because everybody was tired and cozy and wanted to listen to the story. And I was like, well, I guess I'll read for a little bit longer and no harm done. It was community building and it was great. Yep. So handwork is the same thing. So all these things that as, yes. you know, as our minds are kind of winding down and, you know, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to uh, respond to the children that way. Don't force them to work at, you know, the same level they have been when this is a natural time for, for things to kind of wind down. Absolutely. We all, we hold ourselves to such a high bar and our expectations are so high, but it's good to check yourself and know that like, this is just how it is right now. It's completely normal. And the well-deserved break is very close. <laughs> it's just around the corner. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Yes. And you can keep your eye out for those things that you might want to dig into in January yes. when you're back. Like, yes. look, watch the children and say, oh, you know, and you could get a lot of your lesson planning done in these next couple of weeks uh, before the break so that your break can be more of a break. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's such a good point. Such a good point. Well, this was so much fun. I'm now I'm like really excited about the holidays too. <laughs> That's exciting. And I guess we should say mm-hmm. that we we are going to be a little less regular the next few weeks since Rachel's getting married. Congratulations, Rachel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I I do apologize to all our listeners. I it's been a little bit sporadic, uh, planning a wedding, having a full-time job and doing this podcast is really not as easy as that sounded, but I know it didn't sound easy. Um, yeah. So when we get back from the holidays and in January, it's going to be much more on a weekly basis. And we just, we appreciate so much, um, all the, everybody who's listening, it's just, it's just so wonderful. Uh, it's such a, it's such a great gift. I mean, this, this idea started, what, a year and a half ago almost. And it's Mm -hmm. so great to have people check, checking in and listening. Um, and yes, I will be at my wedding a week from now. Jamie will be there, you know, in full force, cutting a rug on the dance floor. And, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fantastic. We're very excited and you, you're going to get a well-deserved break as well, but, um, we wanted to let our listeners know all this is going on and that we'll be back in full force in January. Maybe we'll squeeze something else in before then. Yeah, definitely in January, yep. we'll be back in full force. Yes. And we so. can't wait. All right. Well, teachers hang in there. Parents also hang in there. It's going to be a great holiday break all around. And we will talk to you guys in 2020 or before, but probably 2020. <laughs> probably 2020. <laughs> yeah. Have a happy new year. All right. Yay. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at at allthingsmontessori. Jamie and I are dedicated to continuing the conversation, and we hope you tune in next time for more discussion.